Welcome to this week's throwback episode of Soccer Neophytes. We're going to talk some horrible kits, but a worse weekend for managers. What's happening to Manchester United? Fourth is up for the taking. Chris, what's up, bud? Yo, what's going on, man? This feels hey, like old times. I know. It's a throwback. It's a throwback to just you and I. We actually, that was all pre-COVID, and we used to actually meet in person. We did. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Which we do once a year for the uh, the final, final watch party record sesh, which is always a blast. Um, how are you feeling today? Uh, obviously, we're coming off of a, a rough, a rough two nil loss to Newcastle. Yeah. Um, very. Uh, Actually, before we jump into that, I guess we should say Kyle's not on. Kyle may never be on again. We may have yeah. lost him forever. Um, he loves sports, but I just don't know if we were able to do enough to convince him to love soccer. Yes. And, and I knew that that was going to be the challenge coming into this. I've known Kyle for quite a while. Uh, he's hilarious. He's such a fun guy to be around and he does love sports. He watches so much sports, but he has always, always hated soccer. And so uh, my hope in ringing him in uh, was that he would come to love soccer over these couple months, but I don't think that that has happened. And um, I don't know. We may hear from Kyle again. We may not hear from Kyle again. Um, I know I'll hear from Kyle because uh, we talk all the time, uh, but uh, at the very worst, hopefully he comes on and tells everyone why he hates soccer just one last time. <laughs> yes. Yes. And Andy, who is a, is a beautiful American success story. He, uh, he said he'd be on in a little bit, but yeah, we're on like kind of a, a hard, hard luck run of, uh, a neophytes lately, Nate, like, um, you know, with Kemi last year, Kemi's amazing. We loved our time with Kemi. It was just very short lived because he had a baby and life got crazy and we never heard from him again. And then we had Andrew come on and he was awesome. He was like, everything you'd want from an annoying newcomer and, um, you know, just threw the rules out the window and said, Hey, I like this team. I'm going with this team and pick the team very quickly. So, uh, and then that brought us to Kyle and Kyle may or may not ever be on the podcast again. So we're on like a, a little bit of a tough, tough run right now. It's hard. It's hard. I think to get someone to commit to a full season of watching a sport with no rooting interest. They, I think they really have to come in wanting that. I think that's what we saw with Andy. Um, Kyle 1.0 who ended up staying on all season and choosing leads. I don't know if he's watched a leads match since then, (laughs) but, and to be fair, he didn't think he was coming on for a whole season. He thought he was coming on for one episode and didn't have the heart to tell me. So he just stuck with it, which is kind of like the highlight of this entire podcast. It probably is. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's hilarious that he, and he waited a year to tell us it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like three weeks into the season. He was like, Hey guys, I thought this was a one episode deal. It was, 
He went through the full season, picked his team. And as we were preparing for the next season, he was like, oh, by the way, guys, I don't think I can do this anymore. I thought I was coming on for one episode. (laughs) (laughs) And I've already done 364 days longer than I anticipated. (laughs) The best. It is absolutely the best. So uh, maybe this is like, what's that? We need to do better recruiting for, for season. Yeah, well, I was going to say, maybe this is a good time for us to start the recruiting right now. Like, I know we have at least seven listeners. So <laughs> uh, if you know of anyone who you're like, dude, this guy needs to get into soccer or this girl, she would be amazing on the podcast. Oh, we man, I would love a woman. A woman love here it. would be great. I would great. absolutely love it. Is it Sarah Spain that you, you're friends with? Yeah. Didn't we try? I didn't we try and get Sarah Spain? I mean that that would have been that I, was a reach. Yeah, it, it was definitely a reach. Um, and friends is probably a, a a loose term. I know her. We've hung out multiple times. She definitely knows who I am. Um, I used to work with her husband, and so we met through that route. But she's part owner of the uh, U.S. UWSL Chicago team. Uh-huh. So she's part owner of that team. So uh, she would not really fit the qualifications because she owns a female soccer team <laughs> and watches soccer and loves the game. She would though, if she doesn't have a PL team. So yeah, that's kind of true. So kind of true for our, for our non-American listeners, Sarah Spain is, she still works for ESPN, right? Yep. So yeah. Yeah. That, that would just be amazing. I mean, if, yeah. Tavern for one episode would be amazing. I don't know if we can yeah. get for 35. <laughs> we'll pull, we'll just do the Kyle trick. We'll be like, yeah, just come on the podcast. And then the next week we'll be like, Hey, you coming on? She's like, I do this for a living. You're not paying yeah. me. Sorry guys. I can't do this for <laughs> pro bono. You're not a nonprofit. They can tax deduct this from uh, my taxes at the end of the year. Yep. So all that to say, if you know of anyone, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the comment section of the podcast if that exists. Um, basically, reach out to us on Twitter. That's the best you, place. To yeah, and you have to. I mean, this this takes a lot too because this requires someone who loves the sport as much as they love their club, right? Because I think most of us would try and get our friends to support our team so we could have a buddy to watch watch soccer with. So this requires a level of like, no, I, I want just the game to grow. And if they choose my team, great. And if not, I don't care. So, yeah. And probably a sense of ego. The person coming on needs a little bit of ego and may want to be on a podcast. So, yeah. Which is why Andy fit that check mark so well. <laughs> Andy. Yeah. That, that's why <laughs> that may be the only reason he's on. <laughs> he's like my twitter posts only get three to four likes each so let me go on a podcast and talk and talk and talk that's right so well i led this i mean there's lots of other things but i i led the podcast talking about we started talking about united but what i actually (laughs) led in the in the intro was with horrible kits because it felt like every match i turned to the teams were wearing some of the worst kits Brentford had their ugly kits on Leicester had those ugly brown ones, which is funny because I think I liked those or, or at least was warm to them uh, in our preseason, but on 
on the pitch, they just look god awful. Yeah, so, and they're just super dull. Like, yeah, it, nothing about it stands out. At least like Brighton's awful jerseys that they wore against Brentford's awful jerseys, like they'll stand out. Like the, I, I I'm gonna be honest. It it probably took me four years of looking at the Brighton jerseys to realize that that's an H, a white H on the front of a kit. What? I, I never, yeah, for Hove. No, it can't be. Yes. No. Yes. That's an H. That's absolutely an H standing for Hove on the front of their kit. That's is that their that's their third kit. Yeah, the blue with the giant white H on it. Wait, I'm not looking at the right one. <laughs> They're, I don't see an H on their bait there. It's like a, it's like a mint green blue kind of. No, uh, the ones that they wore today, they're the blue, the dark blue shoulders has the blue stripe down the middle, but it's a white H on the front. I'm more than willing to be corrected by this. So Stu, if you want to do some proofreading, I have been told that that is an H and it stands for Hove. Oh my gosh. I, I have to find if you can find a picture, I can't even find it. Chris. Yeah, here I'll post it in I'll post it in our chat. Give me post one. Post it in our chat. I want to see it. Um br wait, Brighton didn't play today. Brighton played yesterday. Sorry, yesterday. Okay. I just want to make sure because I was getting I was I was getting really confused here. Okay. Brighton. Brighton's kids. Okay. But I also, I didn't even mention Brighton. I was too distracted by Leeds as well, which was, I think I had already made the comment to Titus as we were kind of watching matches today, yesterday. Um, I'm like, gosh, there's just horrible kits. And then shortly thereafter, I think Andrew wrote in the comment about Leeds kits and how good they looked. Oh, these kits, they're home, they're home kits. They're home kit. Yeah, that's a white H on the front. I just thought it was too. Oh, I see it now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That actually makes these worse. Yeah. I liked them, but now I cannot, can't not see that H. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Yep. Some bad kids. That's sure. a big H. Which you'd think with my last name being Hughes, I would dig it. But <laughs> you might be all for that. Maybe if you would have realized that five years ago, maybe you would be a Brighton fan right now because mm. they wear sure. the Hughes crest on the front. That's right. Well, all that to say, it was just a bad weekend of kits. Wolves even wore their white ones, which I actually don't mind. They look pretty good. Um, so, well, there's much worse things than bad kits. And that is uh manager situation. What a, I mean, what a few hours today. It felt like, man, if, if you didn't, if you didn't win over the weekend, you, and you were in the bottom half, you were on your way out. And um, it's, it started with Brendan Rogers being out at Leicester. Um, couple things about that one. Obviously, he took them to great heights, not to the chance he didn't lead them to their title, but um, 
really great finishes over the last few years that we've watched them shame to see him out. Um, honestly, I just am surprised that he, that they are continuing to perform so poorly. They've got a good roster. Just don't know (laughs) what or why that happens. Um, and then today, um, Chelsea got rid of what's his name? I'm totally blank. Graham Potter. Graham, Graham Potter. Um, <laughs> it's so new. It's not even in our show notes. That's why you forgot. I did. Yeah. It wasn't in our show notes. Uh, and his time at Chelsea has been rather forgettable. So I like that one to me is, is makes really no sense. I agree. It's like, Okay, it makes sense from the standpoint that that club's not playing well. It doesn't make sense in any other logistic, logical reason that there could be. They paid Brighton a lot of money, 21 million pounds, to get him in the first place. That was just to the team. And then they gave him a five-year contract on top of that. He's eight months into a five-year contract, and Todd Bowley is like, we're going to pull the plug. You know what's really hard to do? It's really hard to bring in players like in the January transfer window and have them be successful because implementing new players in the middle of the season is very hard. You know what's even harder? Bringing in a coach during the season and trying to get them to implement their system with players they don't know, didn't pick, and all those things. Like It's mind-blowing to me that this is the route Chelsea took because, I, I look, I know things weren't going well in Chelsea, but like, an offseason with Graham uh, Potter, who by all accounts is a great guy and a great coach, uh, was probably what was needed. Not just to be like, oh, sorry, we've had a rough run. I don't know why we can't install your your offensive system and your tactics that you want to do with the players that you don't know. So let's move on. Well, and I think, too, you're dealing with a manager who has 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 built built Brighton up over years with a mm-hmm. with a back office and an ownership group that has made a ton of great smart decisions that's why deserby's been able to come in and just take over where where graham potter left off now maybe that also goes to show that maybe he wasn't that good of a manager but all that to say i i do think he's a good manager but if Chelsea wanted someone to come in and take over and right the ship and lead them to top four, top six, they needed, they needed a more proven champions league type manager to come in and do that. Not a Graham Potter type. And so in some ways it feels like he was destined to fail. And I'm, I'm just shocked. Why bring him in? If you're not going to give him the time, they're 11th place. Like, could could they get a European spot still? Of course. They're only five points out of that. However, they're really eight. They're they're really six points out on that because of their goal differential. And there's so many teams in between them. Liverpool, Aston Villa, Fulham. I mean Brentford, Brighton, for them to jump all those teams to get into a European spot, which you assume is why they're doing it now to try and salvage the season to get them into Europe next year. 
uh, it just feels short-sighted. It feels like they're going to finish ninth and for what? Like the Lester sacking makes much more sense because they're big, they're, they're in relegation zone. They're going to go down if they don't write the ship. And so that one makes right. more sense, but this Here's, one, the only thing that I can think of that makes this make some sense is that all the rumors are that Julian Nagelsman yeah. is, is next. Yeah. And if they felt like they need to make a move now, to be able to secure him, I get it. Yeah, um, especially because me... Spurs because Spurs are without a manager. So, right. and I think that we didn't talk about either that Conte parted ways while yeah. we during the international break. So that's three yeah three big manager changes uh, over the last yeah. weeks. So it could be where who was it? Was it United who moved on Ten Hog qu- quicker? Because no, we're worried. No, Ten Hag was a long, drawn-out process. Um, I thought it had to do with United that they had made a move, or someone else. Maybe. Oh, was it? It Spurs? was Spurs brought in Conte be quicker because they thought United was going to move yeah. in. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. that's. What it was. I, I knew it included United, but uh, so maybe that's part of the play too. Yeah. So if the if it is the Nagelsmann thing, I get it. Uh, if they feel like that's what they need to do, he's a great coach coming out of just which is weird. He just got let go from Bayern, <laughs> like <laughs> and doing like a pretty decent. Yeah, not even decent. He's doing a good job over there, but they great just job. yeah. So for them to just pull the plug on it was like super weird. Um, all right, so let me throw the conspiracy theory out. Okay. There's, there's, this is my fate. Like, if this happens and it's not out of the realm of possibility, that's not going to happen. So, what if Graham Potter at the end of the season or in the next three weeks re signs with Brighton to be their head coach? What if he was nothing more than a mole to go to <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> drop him down the table, screw up everything there, get a whole shitload of money for Brighton for himself? And then come back to the job that he really never wanted to leave. Mm, I like it. What does Deserby do though? He's 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 done a great job. He's a he's a manager that uh, he could be on the way out. I think the I think the more likely scenario that would be funny. The more likely scenario is Deserby leaves for greener pastures in the summer, and Brighton comes back. Graham Potter and Brighton are like. Cheapestly, like two lovers who kind of like, (laughs) crap. Should I? I think I think there's something here. Should I call them? Could I? Should I call him? Should I call her? I don't know. But friends listen to endless love in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, but like, uh, okay. Overall, there's. So is Potter sacking the thirteenth? managerial move of the year yes because brendan rogers i think was the 12th which set a record and then i mean that is which in some ways in a in an unprecedented year where you have nine teams battling for relegation it makes sense that there would be a lot of changes true true because it means so much the the remarkable thing in all of this in some ways is that Klopp is still at Liverpool with as tumultuous as a season they've had 
just knowing the landscape of soccer. That might whoa, be. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 hang on. I thought Liverpool won the championship a couple of weeks ago and they beat United seven nothing. <laughs> that wasn't no. for the title. No, that was not for the title. Oh. That would. That's not what Liverpool uh, Twitter told me. I know, but Liverpool Twitter also probably didn't tell you anything after this weekend. <laughs> or the last two weekends. Or the last two weekends. So, <laughs> Sorry to derail you. No, no, it's totally fine. So, yeah, I think it's the 13th change, which is the most ever in a season. That's crazy. That That's is crazy. I think in some ways, I mean, is everyone else safe? I mean, everyone else, I think, has made changes more or less. Southampton, Leicester... Everton, Leeds, Nottingham Forest is maybe the only one who hasn't made a change. West Ham. I can't, and I can't see them letting go of, um, is it Foster? Is Steve that, Cooper. Steve Cooper. Yeah, I can't see that happening. And David Moyes is still at West Ham. He's been on the chopping block, but, you know, they've, they've secured four points in their last two. They're up to 14th. They've got a couple games in hand on the teams in front of them and a game in hand on most of the teams behind them. And they're still, in, they're still in Europa or in the uh, European conference league. So he's probably safe, but I mean, we could, it's, it's not out of the question that we could see another manager or two sacked before the end of the season, which would be wild. And I don't know that maybe this isn't the appropriate time for this, but you know how I just, all my best questions come to me when we're on the pod talking. Right, so right. um, we, you kind of threw it out in, in our side text earlier that should Everton fail to get out of relegation and be relegated, they could potentially fold as a club. Yeah. I, I had just read a really quick thing about that earlier in the day that they're, cause they just got, they're kind of under the same type of investigation as, as Manchester city is. Um, but it's, and I didn't, I didn't read into detail and there's, this is a, this is an area of, of soccer that I don't understand where they go into administration, which again, I don't even, I just know the term. I don't fully yeah. understand what it means, but it's kind of the, it can be the death nail in a lot of, a lot of clubs where it just sends them too far down. So, I mean, I think their finances are in such a such shambles that it may be unrecoverable with dropping out of, if they drop out of the premier league, plus the debt that they have, plus potential sanctions from the FA. It just, all of those things coming at the same time could just crush them. And they've got this new stadium, which is more, even more insane that they've got this brand <laughs> new stadium that they're supposed to open next year where they could be in the championship and maybe at a point deduction already. <laughs> like that is crazy. I got to imagine should they get relegated and be in that dire of a situation, there's going to be some oil money showing up relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, to, to purchase the club because of the assets that they do have. Totally. Um, but still wild to think about. Yeah, historic club. I mean, it'd be... They've never been relegated. Yeah. Ever. Just not out of the top flight, right. I think. Or out of the Premier League, I mean. Yes, sorry. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Wild stuff. Well, uh, other teams that are struggling, United, 
today um, for the third week in a row, really just not showing up. This one, this one does feel different. I was telling, I think I was telling you before we hopped on that um, I didn't get to watch the match, but uh, had checked at halftime and saw that they had like zero shots on target and, and two shots total. And uh, I actually just checked now to make sure, but they finished with one shot on target and six total shots. Um, <laughs> that's, that's bad, Chris. Um, anytime you're at, anytime you're at wolves level of offensive production, wolves had one shot on target and eight shots um that you're in bad <laughs> you're in bad shape so that's actually that's below wolves level of that is, offensive that is production living below the poverty line that is yeah um, yeah not good today was a bad game um i mean they missed casemiro i don't i that's the mm. only thing i can think of well okay so they miss a they miss a handful of players um the biggest two being christian erickson and casemiro yeah, because uh, those guys get injured or red cards. Um, their replacements are uh, Scott McTominay and Fred. Yeah, that's not, not a world leader. Now, McTominay had a nice run for um, Scotland during the international break. He scored, I think, four goals in two games or something like that. Well, um, who they he play, though, like Cyprus and <laughs> yeah, I Luxembourg? Know. Yeah, I think, we were supposed to, I think my Little League team was supposed to play them, but we couldn't get our visas figured out. So, um, yeah, so not, I think they're just, they're missing key pieces and they still have a giant hole up front. Um, Wild Way, of course, love his work rate. I think he tries really, really hard. He's just not a great player. Um, and I say that w- with all due respect, the effort and everything that he puts in is pretty phenomenal, uh, but the results aren't there. And so, um, you know, missing two what I would consider world-class midfielders and Erickson and Casemiro, and then having a giant hole up front at your striker position uh, leads to some strange results. Um, the fan base is melting down on, on, on social media right now, which is pretty typical. Um, I've seen a lot of, we need to fire Eric Ten Hag, which is like the most ludicrous thing you can even say. Um, but he did make some some strange substitutions, and um, there was a lot going on today when you look back on it. I think overall, I still think United is going to be okay. Um, I, they just they need to get healthy. They need to figure out the striker position, and Casemiro needs to stop choking people and getting <laughs> um, – I, I mean, his most recent red card was pretty terrible, so – like terrible in it wasn't a red card. It was probably just a yellow, but um, anyways. So uh, rumors coming out after the match, well, not even a rumor, Luke Shaw just said it, uh, that they had a players-only meeting after the match, said they uh, asked the staff to leave because they wanted to meet as players-only to discuss this because, as he said, this is not a, a tactical issue or a management issue. This is a player issue. And so supposedly they hashed it out behind closed doors. Don't know what was said, what was done. Um, but hopefully going forward, they can they can pick it back up. Last time they had something like that happen was when they got their ass kicked by Brentford, who they now get to play on Wednesday. So hopefully things come full circle and they can get back <clears throat> on the winning track. It is kind of funny, though. They're only struggling in the Premier League because they keep winning every uh, Europa match they have and FA Cup and 
all that stuff. I did think it was funny. We shit on the Carabao Cup because nobody cares about it. Um, yep. But in the post-match, um, Kyrian Trippier was said, well, they took the cup from us, and so we had a sour taste in our mouth, and we wanted to get them back. So the players care. The players yeah, care. Of course they do. <clears throat> so, anyways, that's enough about United. They suck. Well, another team that sucks, and actually the only team who performed worse offensively uh, than them was Liverpool. Liverpool had one shot on target and only four shots total. Granted, they played against Manchester City, uh, a Manchester City side without uh, Erling Holland. Um, yeah. So a little different. Wolves, one shot on goal uh, to eight shots against Nottingham Forest is not the same as Liverpool versus city. So, uh, yeah. but at least that one shot went in. It did. And it was a beaut. It was a great, it was a great <laughs> shot. It really, it was a very poor performance. We we're lucky to get a point out of it and we needed to, we needed to get a point. It's going to be a tasty, uh, final nine or 10 games. Uh, but fourth place is for the taking now. We have uh, we we kind of knew there was a three team battle for it, but uh, with uh, Newcastle beating United, um, Tottenham's now only a point out with a goal differential advantage over Manchester United. Uh, granted, Newcastle and Manchester both have a game in hand, so um, which I think they get made up this week, maybe. So by the end of next week, I think we'll a lot of these teams will be pretty close on games played because we have quite a few midweek matches. There's a lot of games this coming week starting tomorrow. There are a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I was joking earlier, obviously, about Liverpool winning their championship when they won seven 0 but they have been awful since that match. Like just awful i wish tim were here to give us a state of the union on liverpool's current status um because three weeks ago we were talking about look out here they come i think they're gonna get in to now it's like i have no idea what to expect from this team none no clue the chelsea liverpool match midweek this week is a (laughs) match of what in the hell is going to happen (laughs) i honestly have have no idea this will actually be Liverpool's third match in a row uh, away from home. That could have something to do with it. But but Chelsea is hot garbage. Uh, we don't – I mean, we just don't know. We don't know what we're going to get out of, out of either of those clubs. So, Very strange times there, for sure. Very strange times. The relegation battle continues to heat up. Crystal Palace with a late winner – to create a little more space than we've seen. There's now seven points with, with Crystal Palace's win and Southampton's lost. Uh, there's now seven points separating um, 12th through 20th. So there is a bit of separation, but Wolves draw. West Ham moves up out of the relegation zone with their victory. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where if you win or draw, you're moving up places. I mean, we saw that West Ham, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth, they all moved up with their wins and draws, um, Leeds, Leicester and Southampton all lost. 
uh, they all dropped a place. Everton drew, but they they also dropped a place because West, uh, West Ham leapfrogged them. So it is it's wild down at the bottom. Uh, it's gonna be. <laughs> It's going to be decided in in the final week or two, I think. Yeah, for sure. So a couple of things to be excited about is that we've got a race for the title and we've got a race for the relegation. Yeah, and race for the title. Arsenal just continues to win. They dominated Leeds 4-1. City dominated Liverpool 4-1. It's just... Both teams just keep cranking, and as long as Arsenal doesn't slip up, that's uh, you know the title is theirs for the taking. They they've got an eight point lead with uh, a game with City having a game in hand, so yeah, uh, it's a little bigger gap than than is true. But yeah, assuming assuming City wins that game in hand, they're still five points back. Yeah, but they still. They still play each other. And so that that ultimately a win or a draw by Arsenal. I and I think the I think the title's theirs. I if they if they win or yeah, draw City City needs all three from that. Yeah, City has to get all three. So exciting. It's an exciting season for sure. Um we do have a knowing is half the battle. I think Chris, you know, this already something I still don't know the answer to. So if someone knows, I actually messaged Stu and he doesn't know the answer, but um, during the match wolves and um, Nottingham forest, Ruben Neves picked up his 10th red card of the or yellow card 10th yellow card of the season and the 10th yellow card is a two match ban so when you get five yellows you get a one match ban two yellows equals a two match ban that that's going to hurt wolves quite a bit um over the next two matches he's been their wolves best player all season but my question that i was wondering and we don't have an answer so this is just a question unless somehow you know chris but I was wondering if you get a double yellow or if you get a yellow and then you get your second yellow in the same match, which culminates in a sending off and a one match ban, does that then mean that does that add up? Do you get the two match ban plus another one? What happens if you get a straight red? Do you, if you get a yellow and then a straight red, do you get four matches? I'm just so I'm I'm so fascinated by that. But um, I have no idea. Yeah, I figured. So put the stew signal out. Stew's gonna have to research it because I already gave the stew signal. Um, <clears throat> yep. so he's gonna have to read the handbook again. To find <laughs> out. And guys, we're recording on a Sunday night which we normally record Monday. I have far more time to prepare. So I didn't actually see if there were any more red cards. So Chris, if you know, but there were two red cards in the, in wolves forest match for assistant managers. It was a testy heated match. And uh, two of the assistant managers got red cards and were sent off. So I don't know if there were, I don't think there were any player red cards this week. There weekend. weren't any player red cards. 
So those two managers were sent off for, for Wolves and Forest. So let's move on to best bet. Chris, take it away. Brought to you by FanDuel. Um, we, newsflash, still suck at betting. Um, so um, all the games that, that we picked that have been played, we lost on because Liverpool got just demolished, thrashed, thrown to the curb, sent packing by Manchester City. Uh, so sadly, it was 1-1 one, one at halftime. When I woke up, it was 1-1 one, one at halftime. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is great. And then I went back to sleep. Sometimes I check my Premier League, the early morning Premier League when I wake up uh, on a on a Saturday or Sunday morning. So I checked that because I was curious and then went back to bed. And by the time I got back up, it was, I think, 3-1 and ho- all hopes were dashed. Yeah. And they were up 1-0. So they conceded a goals match. So that's right. Uh, anyways, Liverpool lost. So Tim and Nate lost their bets. I threw a wild one out for Leeds at Arsenal just because it was the highest odds that did not happen. Um, but uh, Andrew and Kyle still have Tottenham playing Everton tomorrow. So they still have a shot at that one landing. So we won't know. Uh, that being said, moving on to this coming week, Andrew, who's not here, is going with Tottenham again. They are playing later on in the week against uh, Brighton. And so Andrew is taking Tottenham plus 145 in that match. Uh, Tim has taken Liverpool against Chelsea. That's at a plus 175 for Liverpool. So good luck in the Enigma Derby. (laughs) And then (laughs) I am uh, taking Nottingham Forest this week. Uh, I like the odds that they're getting there. They're at Leeds, uh, but they're getting plus 360. Now, Nottingham Forest is on the road that's why those odds are so crazy but for the season nottingham force has been better so anytime i can get almost four to one odds on a team that is higher in the table against a lower table team i'm going to shoot that way so i'm going that way with nottingham force plus 360 on the road at leeds which brings us to you mr nate yeah, I actually, I really like that bet. I thought about it, but I am trying to just dribble the ball into the corner um, as we end the year. But I love that bet, Chris. I think, honestly, I don't see a reason why Forrest can't beat Leeds other than their struggles on the road. But neither yeah. team has really been that impressive. And so it feels like it's a crapshoot. And in that case, why not take the plus the plus 300 or whatever you're getting 360 that you're getting for that. Um, I am taking Aston Villa over forest. Um, Aston Villa is playing great. Um, as much as it pains me to say that, but <laughs> yeah, Aston Villa, I think has one, uh, four of their last five. They're unbeaten in five. Um, they've just, they're figuring it out. They're playing great. And so I figured I'd go with the hot hand and honestly at minus 155 at home against a forest team that really isn't that good felt like amazing odds. So it, yeah, it is good odds. You know, bet a hundred to win 65 on a team that's hot playing a team that is just garbage on the road. So yeah, it makes sense. It's not a bad bet by any means. 
Well, that wraps up Best Bet, brought to you by FanDuel. Brought to you by FanDuel forever. <laughs> um, as we stated, there are lots of matches this week coming up. We have yeah. tomorrow, Monday. We have four on Tuesday, two on Wednesday. Somehow United, it's not showing up this way on the Premier League website, but on the when I was scrolling through FanDuel, United was ba- was listed back to back, and <laughs> like they play that uh, noon match on Wednesday noon Pacific time or Arizona time, and then they play the four thirty a.m. match, the early Saturday match. So they have a quick turnaround, which shouldn't be too odd for them. They've been playing on Thursdays and then Saturdays or Sundays, but. Um, yeah, they're, they're kind of used to it at this point. So, And I'm not just, even mad about the 4.30 game for me on Saturday because I've got literally games on Saturday, and so I can watch my team and then go coach my team. So it's actually not a bad thing. I love it. Chris, out of, out of the matches, um, how about you? why don't we pick one midweek match and then one weekend match that is intriguing to us? All right. Well, midweek for me, it's got to be Chelsea-Liverpool because – who knows what either of those teams are going to do on any given day. Yeah, that that's certainly the most intriguing, obviously the biggest names, the biggest stars. Um, for me, I think Leeds Forest has huge significance for Wolves and the bottom of the table. So that's one I will be definitely keeping my eye on. No doubt. That's a massive relegation battle. I mean, so is, Aston Villa Leicester. I, mean, I know Aston Villa's hot right now, but there's actually, I guess they're pretty clear of that bottom. Yeah. Villa's out. Villa's not in danger at all. Yeah. So how about over the weekend? What, which match catches your eye? I think there's two that I'm looking at with injury. Uh, one is Liverpool Arsenal. Yep. Traditionally, that's just a great game. Again, um, I'm looking for Arsenal to drop points anywhere I can. Is it possible Klopp pulls the boys together and they don't look like dog shit this weekend? Possible. Yeah. Um, the other one that I think is uh is good and uh actually has meaning is Tottenham Brighton. Yep. Um, Two squads fighting in that three-man battle royale for the four spot. So, uh, or actually, I guess third and four spot. So you got Newcastle, United, Tottenham, Brighton, and Brentford all kind of. I mean, Brighton and Brentford are a little bit further out, uh, but they're all there and they're all battling. And I guess if we're gonna count those two, we may as well count Liverpool and Aston Villa behind them. So this table is insane. Every time I look at this table, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, this yeah, this weekend has some fascinating matches. I think Brentford Newcastle in some ways, Newcastle away at Brentford. Um that you know, Brentford's at 7th. So yeah. That 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 match does have implications if you can if they could nick 3 points there, that puts them within 4 of Newcastle and just a couple out of of European placements or right in right in there with European um, and then kind of, I'm interested in seeing how Fulham and West Ham play. West Ham does seem to be playing a little better than Fulham's been playing really poorly. 
So, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. Um, and then of course, Wolves, Chelsea, that's, that one feels odd as well. Wolves at home against a Chelsea squad that's not playing well, but will they get a new manager bounce? Will they have a new manager by then? There's so many questions. Um, and it's a, it's an important match for Wolves. All the matches for these teams in the bottom half matter now. Yeah. And one thing to keep an eye on is still there's the fallout from the Fulham debacle against United. Um, the FA has not announced what Mitrovic's suspension is going to be yet. Um, I've read it could be as many as 10 games. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this is this is uh, another thing that happened, but. Um, Podence. Like he didn't spit on Brennan Johnson. It doesn't seem <laughs> like he did. It's very bizarre. It's I watched best. that video and I had no idea because I saw. I don't read a, a ton of the like the comments and stuff, but like someone posted the video and like here's the situation. I look and I watched it. And I was like, why are people posting this? I what what is this about? And I didn't read nothing about it. So yeah. you saying that he spit on him? I'm like, I didn't see it, but I don't. I don't know. Well, I don't know. And even Brennan Johnson in the post-match interview wouldn't answer the question. They asked him, did he spit on you? And he wouldn't answer it. So it's clear he didn't spit. But if you look at, did he blow air on him? I like, What is he doing? His cheeks <laughs> get big and he pushes something out of his mouth. So uh, there is some, there, there's, there's potential that FA is looking into that as well. So there's a potential that, that uh, Podence could, get a couple ma match banned which if that's the case if we don't have potence or neves that i think they account for 12 of our goals this season that's tough we've only i mean we've only scored 23 so that's half of our goals 50 percent of your offense could be missed just could be gone for the next two matches so uh wild stuff yeah. Well, that's all we got, Chris. Uh, as hey. always, you can follow us on Twitter at Soccer Neophytes. Um, if you know someone who you think one is interested in soccer, is willing to make a year-long commitment to watching it and choosing a team at the end, uh, pass them our way. DM us. Our DMs are open. I think if not follow us, then DM us. Um, either way, we'll just reach out to us. We'd love to find our neophyte for season six. Definitely. And I will say this was nice. It's a nice throwback. Not that I don't miss the other boys, but uh, you know, sometimes it's good to listen to endless love in the dark together. That's right. I'll always listen to endless love in the dark with you, Chris. <laughs> Good night. Blazers out.